Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two, Barton Han. Bart's off today, so you get Han Solo with you. But I always bring in my friends with me whenever I need to talk. And there's very few friends that I, that I, I would put on the same level as this one because when it comes to basketball, this is one of the first people I go to to get all the information. And it's funny. It was just the timing of it all. But as we were setting up bringing Brian Windhorst on the show is when he just put out a report that is now all over the Internet, which is a, a big story right now on ESPN.com. And in it, the headline is very simple. LeBron James won't ask for a trade or be traded by Lakers, agent says. Of course, this is after about 24 hours of us here in New York speculating different things like, hey, maybe LeBron finally comes to New York. So, Wendy, thanks for giving us a few minutes on a busy day for you. What what was the, what was inspired for Rich Paul to come out and have to say this? It is fascinating where we are in 24 where saying something's not going to happen is a massive story. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you know, where we are in the NBA over the stuff that's happened in the last decade, like, I get it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly why Rich wanted this on the record now. He contacted me. Um, I do know that... <laughs> Tomorrow, the Lakers are playing in New York, and the, and the Knicks are red hot. It's a national TV game. And I believe that Rich is in New York. And, um, you know, I know that there's been this long-standing, you know, cold war or whatever you want to say between, you know, Leon Rose and Rich. They were partners, and Rich left him and, um, and uh, you know, took LeBron and other clients, and that was obviously an issue when they were – you know, competing as agent as uh, became competing as agent, and you know, I think you know, Rich is in New York with his client, and I think uh, if he shows up at if he shows up at the Garden tomorrow, people might freak out. So I think it was partially Rich just wanting to shut it down on the record with his name attached to it uh, to make it clear that there was no nothing afoot with the trade deadline a few days away. So um, I think all of those things played into it, other than the fact that I think it's just true. I think that that's not going to happen, but uh, certainly. Uh, you know, if Rich was sitting courtside tomorrow and LeBron is, you know, not answering what the hourglass was about, that, you know, would have been an interesting Monday next week. Yeah, and let's let's explain that part of it, too. So so um, earlier this week uh, when they lost to Atlanta, LeBron went to uh, Twitter X and put just an hourglass emoji, and it made everybody go, okay, what's this mean now? We We, we have to decode this. And so we were all coming with different things. Running out of time? Who's running out of time? You? Are you running out of time in L.A.? Are you running out of time in your career? There's, there were so many things. And, Wendy, you've known LeBron for you know, two decades, maybe more. Like, he doesn't do this and think, no big deal. He does this because he knows people are going to react and talk and speculate. Do you have any idea what the hell the hourglass meant I'm I'm not going to get caught in that game. I would just say that LeBron, <laughs> as you just said, is very, very aware. <laughs> He's very, very aware. And, and I, again, I think it's a statement on 2024 that he tweets an emoji and it becomes a major story. Um, but he, he knew exactly what he was doing. He also has not spoken to the media since then because he missed the game last night in Boston and didn't speak to the media. So he is actively not shut down any speculation. He has the ability to do it at any moment. He doesn't even need the media, obviously. So mm-hmm. um, you can make of that what you will. I would just say that throughout LeBron's career, which is two decades, um, he has repeatedly pressed his team at the trade deadline passive-aggressively. It has happened time and time and time again. We have been decoding tweets of his for over a decade. Um, and the thing about it is to be fair to him pretty much all the time, if not, you know, most of the time, if not all the time, his instincts and his pushing has been correct. Whether it was the Cavs making moves at the end of the two thousands, um, where he pressed the team to make moves, whether it was pressing the Cavs in 2010, his first year back and they end up in the finals or applying pressure in 2018 is last year in Cleveland where the Cavs really didn't want to trade future compensation because they weren't sure he was going to stay. And then they traded half the team at the trade deadline. They ended up in the finals or whether it was last year with the Lakers 
where he was, you know, making his feelings known. And they trade, you know, a third of the team, and mm-hmm. they end up in the Western Conference Finals. So, like, this this has sort of been what he's done. And generally, regardless of what the team's long-term price is, generally he has gotten the results that were needed. And so I don't, I don't love it, but I kind of don't blame him for doing it. Yeah, it just shows you also where his mindset always is, which is, I want it. We need to be good enough to play for a championship. Like he's not around here just to make the playoffs. Like, and so I respect that. But you're right. There are times it does. I think you use the word stress. It does stress an organization. So the Lakers are, I think, at that place right now, right, Brian? Like they don't have anything. I said this on Get Up. I knew. I, I knew again. I knew this would, you know, be one of those things that people react to. But that's what we do on these shows. And I just said their greatest asset is him. And if you're trading away things, you don't have enough to get enough to get into championship contention. So the other option is to get into life after LeBron while he still has tremendous value. Now, clearly, Rich is saying this to you, which is telling us that's not an option. So then what is for the Lakers? What is out there for them that would push them into, your opinion, championship caliber status? Because I don't know if there's a deal out there, and I don't know if they have the assets to do it. Right, but I think we were saying that a year ago. True. I, I, you know, uh, um, so, yeah, I think the, the mountain is pretty high for them. I think what LeBron wants is he wants to maximize the opportunity. And, I mean, I, I said this on first take today. That's the way he felt when he was 18 years old. You know, he, he wanted to maximize his opportunity, and that means playing more than 20 years. That means pressing his team every year to try to be as good as possible. That means – for, you know, applying pressure to his sponsors to donate and, and give as much to his to charity that he controls as he can. Mm-hmm. It means, you know, squeezing out equity in, in endorsement deals that he does. Like, he's just a real believer in maximizing it. So is there a trade that they can make by next week that is going to put them ahead of the Denver Nuggets? No, I don't believe that. But is there a trade that they can make that can more maximize this season, the age 39 season? Yeah, I do. I think that's what LeBron wants. And that's what LeBron's role is. And it's Rob Palinka and Jeannie's Buss's role to worry about trading a 20-30 pick swap. LeBron doesn't care about a 20-30 pick swap. Of course he doesn't. He wants to be better in the next 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. They got to worry about the next nine years. So that's the push and pull that happens. It happens all the time. It's routine. The Lakers have very little to trade and a high bar, and so finding a deal is going to be hard, and they're still working on it. And there we have the drama that makes this time of year so fascinating. It's absolutely true. All right, so with that in mind, are we – because you and I go as far back to the LeBronathon in 2010 where we were chasing him around the country and then hiding out in different hotels and everything else the first time when it was for two years the Knicks prepared to try to bring him to New York – didn't happen then, and so it has come up other times, and he's never come here. Can we, with this moment, because I know Stephen A., I, I, I loved your facial expressions while Stephen A. was going through the rant of, of uh, an epic rant again about how this is the time LeBron can come to New York and there's no better place for him and no better time for him to come here with this team and Jalen Brunson and Tom Thibodeau and what it would do if you can win a championship here and all the things that he laid out. But does this officially put it to rest? Like LeBron James will never play in New York. And if there was ever the time, this would be it to do it. This would be the time for him to say, yeah, the Knicks have a ton of picks. Trade me for six first round picks. I'll go to New York as a mercenary and I'll go, I'll go win the championship there. And now I can put that up against Michael Jordan. Well, you never, you never (laughs) won a championship at a place that they don't win championships. Right? So is that now officially dead and buried, and never to be brought up again. What I would say to the Knicks fans is, if you're while you're looking for the big name to come to New York, I wouldn't necessarily look for a 39-year-old. <laughs> I'd want a 29-year-old. Wait, Aaron you know? Rodgers is here. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but, you know, Alan, you know how I felt about this. I, I felt three years ago. I remember during the pandemic saying, boy, when the pandemic lifts, I, the Knicks are going to be. I, I can't explain why star, star players have not wanted to be on the Knicks. 
Um, you know, you, you made Jalen Brunson cry last night. This is a guy who, you know, if you want uh, an example of why people want to come to New York, look at what's going on with Jalen. Although he's very oddly undervalued. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for the superstar on the New York Knicks to be undervalued. I am flabbergasted he was not voted as the starter of the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, the, the media sometimes gets, gets credited, you know, gets blamed for putting too much attention on, on, you know, on coastal stars. I feel like people in the media are, you know, the fans don't appreciate Jalen Brunson. The media was the one that voted him in as the starter. The fans didn't. Right. He's not starting because the fans. And so it's upside down. I don't understand why, why players don't want to play for the, at the Garden for the Knicks in that market. And I don't understand why their success and Jalen specifically don't get as much attention. My instincts are that this, is not, this natural order will be restored, that people will want to play in the biggest media market at the Garden where even a little bit of success you know, carries you for a lifetime. But I thought that years ago. So, you know, I don't think LeBron has any regrets about how he handled his career. When he, when he chose against the Knicks in 2010, it was obviously the right decision. Mm-hmm. When he went back to Cleveland, it was obviously the right decision. And he's now gone to the Lakers and had a great run there and got a championship. I, I don't think he has any regrets about it. And I think he wants to live the rest of his life in Los Angeles and he wants to make the $51 million next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the Knicks, you know, horizon is infinite. And um, I think that they're, they're, they're an incredibly intriguing team this year, especially if they can wiggle their way to that number two seat. You know, it really opens up a lot of possibility. The Knicks' horizon is infinite is an incredible phrase that I will write down and remember that because I think it's the best way, the best thing I've ever heard about any franchise is to say something like that. So with the trade deadline coming Well, Alan, in, they've got a bunch of guys in their 20s under contract right. who are performing beautifully and they have a bunch of things that they can use to inc- improve their roster. I, I've been following Lee for 21 years. I've been covering Lee for 21 years. They've never been in better position than they are today. I mean, I, that's, I don't think that's questionable. Right. And that's, again, because as we comp- I said this earlier in the show, the 2013 team that won 54 games, that was not sustainable because that was like a whole bunch of OGs. You know, Kidd at 40 and Sheed with a bad foot and, you know, uh, Kurt Thomas and Marcus Camby all trying to get around Amari and Carmelo and Tyson and make this thing happen. And it just fell short for all the different reasons that we can explain. But it was never going to be sustainable. This feels sustainable. That's what's so much different about this. And as you said, and you also have, you know, a, a cupboard filled with lots and lots of assets that you can use to continue to just build around this thing. With that in mind, there is a deadline again Thursday. So, okay, there is no LeBron out there to go chase or anything like that. What do you know? What are you hearing are the most likely things that this team will do before 3 o'clock next Thursday? Yeah, so I think what what they want to do is they they don't want to close any doors. If they make a move, they want that move to keep all of their options open going forward. So, that's why, you know, they trade for OG Ananobi. And, yeah, they gave up a couple of good players in that deal, but it didn't close down any of their dream possibilities. So if they can acquire a player by not giving up any critical draft assets, like, you know, they have a couple of first-round picks that are less valuable than the others. Um, they have, I believe, nine tradable second-round picks or eight tradable second-round picks. If they can make a move to um, – you know, using a couple of second-round picks that can fortify their front line, give them a better chance of reaching the two-seed, I think they will. But you're not going to see a trade that in, impacts their flexibility going forward. And I'll even say, like, Evan Fournier, if they trade him, which I don't think is a certainty, I think it's possible, but if they trade him, I think it'll be for another player who's only got a short time left on his contract. And even if they don't trade Fournier, they're not going to buy him out. They're going to hold on to him because they might be able to trade him in the summer because they have an option on his contract next year. (laughs) And, you know, um, so they are operating in two worlds right now. They are operating in trying to compete at the moment and waiting for the whale coming in the future. And so if they make a move before Thursday, it's going to satisfy both things, not one or the other. I know you don't like to go this far with things, but let's play the game anyway because it's Sports Talk Radio. We're supposed to do this. 
you say whale, right? The white whale. We've talked about this with a lot of teams in New York. It was Garrett Cole for the Yankees, that pitcher that Brian Cashman could just never get. Well, he got him finally with Garrett Cole. Is there if there's a white whale out there for Leon Rose because he didn't take this job to put together a nice team that's going to finish, you know, third in the East. He he took this job to get stars because that's who he represented throughout his career as an agent. Represented some of the biggest names in the sport. So if you can give me a couple of keep an eye on this type of white whales for the offseason or, as you said, going forward, give me some ideas. You're not ruining my weekend that way, man. <laughs> You're not ruining my weekend. I was so close. You know, there's, no, there's no players in the NBA who are superstars that people don't know about. Uh, all the players that the Knicks would want, you know, you could guess. And the thing we know about the NBA uh, is that it's, everything's always changing and that opportunity is one of the most important things to have. The, the Knicks are in position when opportunity arrives. I see how you did that. and That's fine. That's fine. I, get it. I know you know your mentions will blow up and then you'll have to deal with that. I completely understand. And the soundbite will then chase you for the rest of the summer. So instead, um, another thing that we had fun with, because I call it the infinity stone, is that Mikhail Bridges to this team would make sense because of many things, including the Villanova connection. They're all friends. They were hanging out at the St. John's Villanova game together. And it's like so obvious. You know, a lot of people who live in Brooklyn tend to say, you know what, no, I can get a place in Manhattan. I might like it better there. And you just move. Mikael Bridges can't do that. He'd have to get traded. And the Knicks and the Nets have not made a trade, Bobby Marks told me, since 1984. So if that's the case and that's not happening, which all the reports say are not happening, what are the Nets going to do, though? And what are they? Because he is a big a piece that they can get a ton of picks for, especially from the Knicks or others. They have a lot of wings. They don't have a point guard. And they've gone through a stretch here where it's like they've lost any identity that they might have had. So what are the Nets going to do here at the deadline? I think Bobby said that not only did they never make a trade in 30 or 40 years, that when he was with the Nets for 20 years, he doesn't think there was even one official phone call to discuss <laughs> a trade between the teams. Um, so the Knicks, um, the Nets have the same type of mentality as the Knicks. They're waiting for a superstar to chase. I believe they have seven tradable first round picks. Mm -hmm. And what's attractive about their first round picks is that they're not the Nets picks. So, you know, if you're, if you get to a point where you have to trade a star, you know, if you make a move, you know, if you make a move with the Knicks, let's say you have player X future Hall of Famer X. I'm like, okay, I've got to trade him. I trade him to the Knicks, and the Knicks say, okay, you can have our unprotected first-round picks. You're like, yeah. well, great. I'm trading my superstar. You guys are going to be great for five years. That's yeah. no good. Pick the Nets have the, have, this, have the Suns draft, and, you know, I don't know where the Suns are going to be. Kevin Durant's 35. You know, I don't know where the Suns are going to be in four years. So mm -hmm. um, the Nets have – they don't have as many picks as the, uh, as the Knicks do, but they have in some ways you could argue that they might have more attractive uh, picks because not only do they have the Suns um, picks, but they have the swaps. So you could, you know, sort of capture the Suns draft if you wanted to do that. So they're in some ways they're fighting for the same players that the that the that the Knicks will be. But in the inverse of 2019, when the Nets were really better positioned as a franchise, had better young players, better cap flexibility, better uh, ability to grow as a team, and were able to attract. Uh, Durant and Kyrie, and then later Harden. I think the Knicks are in better position. They have equal or better assets and a much better team with a much higher upside. So, if the Knicks and Nets go bidding, and a player gets a choice, you know, last time the Nets won. I'm not so sure that would be the case, and they're both going to be hunting for the same type of player. So, um, ultimately, I think the challenge with Mikael Bridges, he's in a very interesting situation. The better he plays the harder it is to keep him because he's on a contract, Alan, that is sort of is less than the max. And uh, uh, when, you, you, when you extend somebody, you can only give them so much of a raise. And so he gets into a point where because his contract is so, so valued, so uh, valued that you really won't be able to extend him, not because he won't want to be there, but because, you know, this is the, this is the, this is the it's been a case elsewhere and something that they probably need to fix in a future CBA um, where no matter what, what or what happens, it doesn't behoove him to extend. So mm -hmm. the, the Nets will have to make a decision at some point. The better the Bridges gets, the, the, more, the, the more harder it will be to extend him, and then he'll end up 
an unrestricted free agency, not for any other reason than because he's making a smart business decision. So they, they've got him for two more years, and that clock is kind of ticking. And so it's actually a little bit of a fascinating situation. Um, but I also don't see Mikhail Bridges as the number one, or even on a great team, a number two. I think on a great team, he's probably a number three. And so if you're the mix, you don't want to, regardless of what team he's on, you don't want to, regardless of what player, you don't want to play, pay number one prices for a guy who's not number one in terms of a trade. And so I think, they, I think that's a big thing about their patience going forward as they wait for opportunity. Yeah, that sounds like it's like a year, and then you really got to make a decision because you don't want to try to trade them in the last year of the deal. You want to do it beforehand so there's still some clock you know, on that contract and, and maybe more value. As we go as we uh, go into this weekend's games and Knicks and the Lakers at the Garden on Saturday night, Knicks are a half game out of second. Like they are over now, the Philadelphia 76ers. The Cavaliers, who we aren't talking enough about, have been on some run here as well. They have been playing out of their minds. And Donovan Mitchell, uh, who was player of the month in January, was just, he's playing phenomenally. But the Sixers have all of a sudden dropped all the way to fifth now. And it feels like that might keep going because of the injury to Joel Embiid. They're saying it's the meniscus right now after that, that fall he had with, uh, with Jonathan Kaminga. But is there, is there greater concern for that knee in Philadelphia than they're letting on right now? Well, they, they really haven't announced what the injury is. They just said it's a meniscus injury. They're not saying what it is. And the other thing that's worrisome, and I'm not an orthopedist and I'm not going to try to be, but I know that he had a meniscus injury to his left knee, I believe, about six, seven years ago, and I think needed surgery to um, you know, take some of it out. Right. So that left knee has already sustained meniscus damage. And you're, all, you're worried about Embiid no matter what. The thing about the 76ers and the reason they've been dangerous is because They've, they're a great team when they're healthy, and they have over $100 million in expiring contracts and three first-round picks they can trade. Um, and they're in position to either have $50 million in cap space or be very aggressive by next week's deadline. So the team that you see today is not necessarily the team that you're going to see in a week. And so it's hard to kind of judge, even with Embiid's uncertainty there. Um, but, you know, I, I think that if you're looking at them and you're the Knicks, you're thinking, boy, if, if Embiid's gone for a – a period of time here, it's a great opportunity. And, you know, the other team in front of them is the, has been the Bucks, mm-hmm. And the Bucks have a much harder schedule than the Knicks coming in um, and obviously are in flux with the coaching change. So if you're the Knicks and you can somehow get to that two seed, I think the two seed is a may, there's a bigger difference between the two and the three than there is yes. between the one and the two. Because if you're in the two seed, you obviously get potential home court for two rounds, and you get a, a play-in team in the first round. You get a team that's le- you know less less good and also has come off of a stressful you know thing to get into the playoffs. And and so if if you're the Knicks or the Cavs or the Bucks or the six the Sixers, the, the race for this last thirty some games is to get that two seed. It's really important to get your hands on it, especially if you're the Knicks or the Cavs who haven't had the playoff success that those other teams have had. And um, you know, the Cavs, however, are the healthiest of those teams, at least today, and they have the easiest schedule. So, like, they're, they're definitely a team to watch, and, um, uh, you know, they're a game ahead of the Knicks in the loss column right now, although I know the Knicks aren't afraid of the Cavs. They've proven they can handle them pretty well, but that's a team to watch for sure over the next um, two months. And they're getting healthier as well, as you said. Wendy, I could talk to you all day about this stuff, but this has been great. Great information as always. Thanks so much for the time. All the best. Have a good weekend. All right, Brian Windhorst. And he will have a good weekend because he didn't answer the question about the big names, the white whales that are out there. He's smart not to do that, everybody, because he knows. He knows how you guys are. He'll say two, three things. He'll just speculate a couple, oh, keep an eye on this name. You never know what this name And then it becomes that he's reporting it, and you will hold him to it. That is smart because when you've been burned once, you know, I can't do this again. So it'll leave it to us to speculate these names, and wonder who can they be. But you heard what he said. The Knicks' horizon is infinite. He talks about all the assets they have. He told you that before this deadline, next week, they'll make some moves that'll improve, but it won't do anything to take away from the assets they have going forward because you're waiting to see what comes out later on, maybe even this summer. You never know. So don't expect them to be super aggressive but it means that they're going to hold on to some things to be prepared for, as we've talked about many times, when there's one or two big names that suddenly shake, you're in the game for it. But while you're doing that, 
you're also one of the better teams in the league. As he said, this is this is the healthiest this team has been in a long, long time. 800-919-3776 is the number. We'll get back to your calls. You have audio files to get through. If you missed any of the action from last night, we've got great stuff for you. You, you can tell me what you hear in Jalen Brunson's voice when he starts talking about just the road that it took for him to get to where he is right now. An all-star. Second round pick into an all-star. Later on, also, you'll hear from Stephen A. on his whole LeBron thing. Lots to get to. Your calls will be part of this, but Audio Files is coming up next. Stay with us, Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, man, Bart Scott here. You have to check out Samsung Auto Mall for yourself. I've been telling you guys for weeks now. I mean, it's the largest auto mall in all of New Jersey. You get to choose from almost 2,000 new and pre-owned vehicles across 10 top brands, Nissan, Toyota, Kia, Jeep, Mazda, Hyundai, and more. Samsung works with you to fit within your budget. Credit issues, don't worry. Samsung does it all. They can get you approved. Samsung works with over 20 banks so that you can have more financing options. Tell them Bart Scott sent you, and guess what? They're going to take an extra $1,000 off the vehicle. Samsung Auto Mall on Route 1 in Woodbridge. Visit SamsungAuto.com or call 1-800-SAMSUNG today. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. The Knicks are putting teams on notice. You're going to have to bring your A game if you're going to beat the Knicks these days. Knicks with nine straight wins after beating the Pacers last night behind 40 from Jalen Brunson. Earlier this morning, Rick and Dave were talking about the Knicks' effort. I think we also have to recognize the uniqueness of this team and how they play and how they're coached and how, how they emphasize we show up every night. There's no load management. We play every game to win with that kind of desperation that doesn't exist in the NBA. It doesn't. Not every team plays as hard as the Knicks play every night. You heard Tim Legler talk about it the other night. The Knicks are working, which it should be. It, that should be the prerequisite. We show up every night. We play as hard as which we can. It? That's not going to be the case in the postseason. The chemistry will help, but at the end of the day, especially in the NBA, it, it comes down to who has the most talent usually. And that's brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoy Tullamore do responsibly. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Remember the name, Jalen Brunson. Remember also, it's Bart Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Bart off today. 
Had to take care of some business, a little colonoscopy. Good for him. He's feeling good. That's all that matters. We'll see him Monday. So you got Han Solo with you today. But you know what? It still doesn't matter. We still follow the show and the way we do the show. The format has to continue. And that means, of course, right now it's time for us to step aside and let the headline makers do the talking in the segment we like to call Audio Files. The Audio File. Now, admit it. Admit it. Dina Han is like, like it takes a lot to get him to show any emotion. He loves doing audio files. I almost feel like Bart needs to now step aside and let Dino do it from now on. Because you can hear the joy in his voice. Just give me the spotlight. That's it. That's what you want. You want the mic. So there. from now on, I think almost maybe you do, like you almost have the dueling audio files. To see Power who really does out. it. Nah, I'll leave that to him. <laughs> no, actually, and it, just so everybody knows, today... Because we don't have bar. Power Hour is going to be a listener power hour. So everybody right now that has always wanted to do it on the air, you yell it at me everywhere I go in the city. So we're going to take calls, and we'll see who does the best power hour at the top of the hour. All right, so we'll get certainly to that. And can you do it like Jacob did it yesterday? It's the power hour, 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 hour. Now, Tom, can Ow. you do that? Do you think you can? Are you better than Jacob at the Power Hour? I can sure give it a try. I can put my Love all it. into it. Love it. So Tom's going to try to do it as well. This is even better. All right. But as we get into audio files, last night at the Garden, it was a, one of those special nights. It was. The Knicks were down by as many as 15 points, struggling with their offense, missing several key players in the lineup. But they still had Jalen Brunson. And with Jalen Brunson, another 40-point performance on the night he was named an All-Star, the Garden erupted at a ninth straight Knicks win, and they let him feel it. It was special. And so I interviewed him on the court after the game. And, yes, it's, you know, it's been something that a lot of people talked about, his emotions that he showed Obviously, it's radio. You can't see emotion on radio. So instead, I want to play you the best response he gave me verbally, and that was when I talked to him about his team and what they show night in and night out. So we kept fighting, man. I mean, no matter what, we're going to keep fighting. That's what we do. We're going to keep fighting every single night. That's what we do, especially here, man. This place is unbelievable. I mean, think about it. In an NBA right now where we have we have – we had to put in rules and regulations that you have to play X amount of games to get a postseason award because we have to motivate you to play every night. In a league that we're seeing 140 points given up on certain nights because teams just don't even want to play defense, where the game has gotten so soft that the physicality isn't there like it used to be, where bad teams are putting up 120 points because no one wants to play defense and no one wants to play hard, this Knicks team plays hard. This is a throwback kind of team that has a toughness about them, and this city has fallen in love with it. It really and and the star obviously in Brunson, but you could say a lot. You could say you don't like the Knicks. You could say you don't like different things about the Knicks and the organization. You could say whatever you want, but the one thing you cannot tell me is that you cannot tell me that you watch this team and say I don't like the way they play, because this team plays the way the game should be played on both ends of the floor. And Jalen Brunson embodies all of it and brings it all together. So, last night, a special night. And, I mean, they try to go for 10 in a row when LeBron, AD, and the Lakers come to the Garden. Oh, wait a minute. How are they promoting this game now? The L.A. Lakers continue their East Coast road trip in New York City against Jalen Brunson and the Knicks. Oh! Against Jalen Brunson and the Knicks. He's on the marquee now. Does that mean he's a star? Speaking of which, so in the East, right now what you have are the Knicks in third place, but they are a half game back of the Milwaukee Bucks for second place. That's how like that's how much they have moved up the ladder. The Philadelphia 76ers, which a lot of people have had them penciled in as the second or third best team in the East, they have dropped to fifth. They even though they got a big win last night without Joel Embiid, but they'll be without Joel Embiid at least for this weekend, and they are going to decide after that the significance and severity of an injury he sustained against the Warriors when he suffered an injury, is all they're saying, to his lateral meniscus in his knee. And Nick Nurse gave us no update at all 
on their most important player? I don't know if there's any opinion to put on it at all. You know, the news is they got the MRI and and the news is what you've been told. And I don't think we're going to know much yet until after the weekend. Major concern in Philadelphia. You heard Brian Windhorst on with me. This is a knee that has bothered him. He's had issues with this knee in the past. He's had surgery on that knee in the past. And before this injury, if you were even watching that game alone, he was dragging that leg up and down the floor. That, that leg was already a problem. This was not related to the issues he was having with the inflammation in that knee, but it had caused him to miss games earlier, which is why the 65-game thing came up with him. 65 games you have to play now to get a postseason award like MVP, which his numbers tell you he could be in that category. His numbers are better than they were last year when he won the MVP. But the bigger concern for the Sixers is that when they're without him, they have a losing record. And how much will they be without him now down the stretch, especially maybe from now to the All-Star break? And how much will he be able to play even at 100% or close to it when they get to the playoffs? which has been the hump he can never get over the second round. Would that problem creep up again? On the coaching front in the NFL, Jim Harbaugh was introduced formally as the new head coach of the L.A. Chargers. And Harbaugh, as I told you, Greeny told this story about running into Harbaugh a couple of years ago, and they were just talking casually. And he asked Harbaugh about quarterbacks in the NFL and to talk about his favorite and he, Greeny said that Harbaugh was raving about Justin Herbert. Well, now he gets to coach him. And during his press conference, which was very animated and always funny, Harbaugh had this to say. Justin Herbert, you, you, you know, you see, I mean, he's a he's a crown jewel in the, the National Football League. Talk about somebody getting me fired up. I mean, I mean, let's go. You know, Justin Herbert walks up on you, you know, like, <laughs> okay, all right, this is awesome. This is awesome. Like That's basically what he's telling us. So there's Harbaugh, and he's got a quarterback, and they've got a, their defense is going to be good. The Chargers in that division, obviously you're dealing with the juggernaut in the Chiefs, but can Harbaugh get that franchise going? But you got the quarterback to do it, so we shall see. Um, meanwhile, there is a Super Bowl coming next week, the Niners and the Chiefs, and on the Niners' side of things, it's Brock Purdy. And the sense of, you know, how good is Brock Purdy? How much should we be giving him credit for the success of the San Francisco offense? Or is it the weapons and the system and everything else? Why we play this game, I don't know. But this guy was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, who suddenly emerged as they drafted a guy in Trey Lance as the third pick in the draft. They traded up for him. They ended up trading him away because, oh, the guy we took at the very end of the draft ended up being better than you for our system. Now he steps into a world that he does not know, and that is the world of a Super Bowl, winning the championship. So how will he be? Overwhelmed? Nervous? Shook? Eli Manning on Pat McAfee said none of that. The moment's not too big for him. Uh, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, my God, I'm in a Super Bowl. Like, I'm nervous or I'm going to try to do more. It's just, hey, let the moments come to you. You never want to say it. It's just another football game because that's so cliche. And, like, it's not. But you kind of want to have that feeling of, hey, I'm going to go play my game. I'm going to trust my teammates. I'm going to, you know, throw it the kittle. I'm going to hand it off. I'm going to wear my cowboy boots and my, you know, uh, whitewashed jeans. And, and, like, <laughs> let's go win a football game. Let's go. How much do you trust Brock Purdy? How much do you trust all that? What Eli's saying? How much trust do you have in the 49ers offense being able to keep pace? Look, these are two great defensive teams. The Chiefs defense is actually really good this year. So it's going to really come down to execution because I don't know if you're taking the over in this game. I don't think you are. Even with Mahomes and as good as he is, their offense is not prolific because of their lack of weapons outside of, of course, Travis Kelsey and you know, Pacheco, but still Purdy is going to have to make a couple of big plays in this game for them to win. How much do you trust him? Well, you certainly trust Patrick Mahomes and he is on the verge now. Can you imagine a third title and what he suddenly would, the, the, the group he would move into his dad, of course, who played pitch for the Mets and others, Pat Mahomes. He was on Greeny yesterday and he was asked about where he thinks his son ranks among the all-time greats, or do you already think he is the GOAT? Do you think he's the greatest quarterback of all time right now? That's still to be determined. Still has a way to go. Uh, 
I have mad respect for Tom Brady, and I grew up as a Joe Montana fan. Those guys is that ilk. So uh, he's on the right trajectory, but right now I would still say those guys are better. I mean, I think he's the most athletic quarterback that we've seen. I think he can do a lot more things than uh, some of those other guys could do. But the name of the game is winning, and those guys won at a at a great rate. Right now, Patrick, you know, is doing what he needs to do, but those guys to me still have the nod. But I, I love mean, he's coming. I love the honest answer from the dad. I mean, the easier thing for them to do is just to say, yeah, he's the best. You know, some, some families do it that way, but he's no, 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 no. Brady, you, you can't argue. Brady's winning and Montana's winning. That That's ahead. He's got to catch them. But one more title here will puts him right into the conversation with three in his pocket. Football Fridays on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and Nissan.com today. All right, that's Audio Files. 800-919-3776 is the number. We'll get back to your calls. And I, I we so in our other studio back in the day, we had a wall. And it had a mural. And at the time when we moved into the place, it was the four, like it was sort of the, the Mount Rushmore kind of thing. I used to do this on my shows at night a lot, the mural. And it was Carmelo Anthony. It was Derek Jeter. It was Eli Manning. And I, I can't remember the, th- the fourth. There was a fourth player that's slipping my mind right now. But it was, it was those players. And we always used to say, as, I, as time passed, like Eli retired and Jeter retired, you know, Mello no longer a Nick. So now who would you replace on that mural? It's a good question to ask now after Brunson's night last night and where we are in New York with our star players. So if we're doing a mural in our new studio, who are the four players that need to be on that mural? And is Jalen Brunson one of them? 800-919-3776 will continue with your calls. It is Barton Hans of Han Solo for you today on a Friday, 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Han Solo with you today. Bart will be back with us Monday. Just hoping that he's resting comfortably today as he went through a rite of passage for all of us men over 40. Colonoscopy.
We don't need the gory details, but I guarantee you on Monday we'll probably get them anyway, even though we don't want them. We'll get them. 800-919-3776. We do want your calls, so let's get to those right now. Coming up, by the way, uh, Stephen A. goes into a epic just rant about LeBron and the Knicks and what it would mean and why it should happen. And then, of course, after that, we'll tell you why it won't happen and probably never happen ever. Uh, let's go to Freddie in Brooklyn. Hey, Freddie. Hi, Han. Great job last night with the interview with Jalen Brunson. You know, this guy not only takes you along physically, but he also takes you along emotionally because I'm kind of ashamed to admit that I was also welling up about the same time that he was doing the same. And, you know, this team is so exciting now. If I'm sleeping, don't wake me. They play with the same energy as if they're up 20 or if they're down 15. There's no quitting them. They just keep coming and coming and coming, which is so great about them. I want to make a point about the Lakers. Okay. You know, this this was a deliberate ploy by the Lakers to sit um, LeBron and Davis last night because I think they conceded they would have lost to the Celtics and they stood a better chance of winning tomorrow night to the Knicks. So they decide, let's save our energy for tomorrow night's game instead of last night's game. But they, that calculation failed. One last point about the um, signing a player to come off the bench. One of the names being mentioned is Brogdon. While he would be a good fit for the Knicks and just the kind of player the Knicks need, I don't think he would want to come here because he would not get the same amount of minutes that he's accustomed playing. And he's a great A player coming off the bench. So I don't think for him personally it might be what he's looking for. Thank you, on and have a great day. Thank you, Freddie. You too. Brogdon, yeah, that, that, there is that piece of it that you're going to bring in a guy and then tell him, you know, I mean, the, at max you'll be at 15, maybe 18 minutes a game at best. But come playoff time, I mean, Brunson's got to be on the floor a lot, which that's what every team does with their best players. Um, but again, a chance to win versus I'm playing in Portland. I mean, you weigh those. Which one would you rather do? So I do think they look into it. You're right. Like he's a high IQ, smart, like all the things you kind of like and and think you might need off the bench here. That's one. But like I said, there's other options. Bruce Brown is another one that isn't as much a point guard, but he's a guy with winning pedigree, just one in Denver, can play both ends of the floor, bit of a dog in him, which you just want to add more guys like that. So it's a lot of different names, and we'll spend all next week speculating, talking about it, and following all the rumors. There's no no question about that. Let's take John in North Bergen. Go ahead, John. Han Solo, thank you for taking my phone call, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. All right, man. Uh, two quick points, sir. Uh, uh, first off, you're a warrior, man. You know, doing the game last night, doing get up this morning. Now you're on your show. I just appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, um, just working. That's all. Just working like everybody else. The interview with Jalen Brunson at the end was amazing because when he was getting emotional, I got emotional and I was tearing up myself and I was blowing kisses to the TV and you, you, you always sharp dressed man, man. I love that too, because I could dress myself, but I appreciate that as well. But, um, yeah, this morning I spoke to DNR and they were talking about bringing LeBron, but like I spoke to you like, a week ago about Embiid, and I didn't agree with it. So I didn't. I don't agree with bringing LeBron. I agree with you what you were saying on Monday about bringing in a backup point guard for Jalen. That way we could keep his legs fresh right. for the postseason. So that's my first take, and my second point was. What you were the question you answered you the question you said was what's my favorite team and to this day my favorite squad is the ninety two ninety three Pat Riley years because that yeah. Nick yes sir 
the teams were scared to come and play over here because of the physicality. Mm-hmm. The game ain't the same today, but teams were scared to come and play over here. And like I said, to this day, that's my favorite squad. So yeah. thanks yeah. again, Han. John, John, appreciate the call and all, all the things. I appreciate that. I, 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 I don't. I wouldn't say scared, but the, that those '90s teams, especially the Riley ones, uh, that was a group that back then you just the NBA was still very physical. Remember, there was the the Pistons played physical. Those Celtics teams were physical. You know that was part of the game. But and then the Heat started doing it as well because Pat Riley went down there. But there were teams that just didn't want to deal with it, especially in the middle of the season. But I can tell you something. Last night, I was courtside last night, and that game was physical. The officials were letting it be physical. I mean, Brunson got punched in the face, and they didn't call it. They knocked down, punched right in the face. That game, they were getting after it. The, the Pacers were too. Pacers were playing hard. The Pacers at the start, they wanted that game. They were talking trash. They were fired up. They wanted that game. They wanted to send a message so it's like that's something that I think we appreciate because the NBA as a whole, we don't see that anymore. That might be another piece to why we like this team so much and why we want to see this thing continue to grow. But he mentioned LeBron and the Knicks. Stephen A. did on first take as well. You got to hear what he had to say when it comes to legacy, when it comes to opportunity in regards to that. I'm going to play that for you coming up next. We'll continue with you. Calls at 800-919-3776 as well as we continue to roll Han Solo. Sebastian Maniscalco has added a fifth show to his run at Madison Square Garden this September. And ESPN New York has your chance to score tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to contest and submit your entry. It's brought to you by Live Nation. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster. Dot com. Your call, Stephen A., and more coming up in the Power Hour. Oh, that's right. I forgot. This is your opportunity. There's no BART today. So let's line up calls for everybody that wants to take part in the Power Hour. Can you do it better than BART? Can you do it better than Tom? Because he goes first. Line up the calls now. The Power Hour is next. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore do sports desk. They play shorthanded. It doesn't matter. They play good teams. It doesn't matter. The Knicks just keep rolling. Nine straight victories after beating the Pacers last night. Coming from down 15 points at one point. Jalen Brunson with 40 points. Earlier this morning on DPH and Rothenberg, Rick and Dave said this Knicks team embodies New York. Resiliency is a great word to describe this team. It, it is. Guys are diving to try to keep it in bounds. Those things that they're doing, that's what gets the crowd fired up. You know, like, that's what you respond to. Like, even like Jalen, once he gets punched in the face, he comes right back, gets the N1, and then he's just like, you see how he reacts to the crowd, how the crowd reacts to him. It's like you can feel the, the energy, you can feel the juice. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew, because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoy Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.